Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Well, glory to God. We're going forward, amen? Hallelujah. I met this guy. I was a, he was a minister, but he, he, was prime, he wasn't a pastor. Many years ago, and we were having a meeting in a restaurant. And it was, it was one on the border of Surrey, Langley. It used to be an ABC. I think it's a Ricky's now. And after the meeting, we were, were leaving, and I see him having this conversation with a guy. And the guy goes, well, I'm an atheist. And he was kind of like, <laughs> and the guy was so unmoved. Now, this was a fairly tall man that was talking to him, the, the fellow that I'm speaking of. And, and in the middle of the guy, kind of like, <laughs> you know, kind of having a fit over, like, keep your gospel to yourself, man. <laughs> I, I wasn't there for the opening line, but I've seen this fellow and heard him before, and his open line was something like, you know, if you die tonight, do you know where you're going? And he would just come up to any stranger and say such a thing. Now, I'm not a complete advocate of that kind of method of evangelism, but if you believe what you're saying, yeah. it can be effective. Yeah. Anyways, what you believe matters. What you believe matters. So he looks at Buddy. Could you stand up, Pastor Neil? And both of them were kind of tall, actually. But this guy was like six foot. Can you come here? He does this to the guy. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the measure of faith that you've got inside of you that's there to, to receive the gospel. And I'm talking to that right now. And I'm saying you're, you love the gospel. You want the gospel and you want to get saved right now because you're ready to receive Jesus. And there's a seed inside of you that's ready to receive the gospel right now. And you're not going to go to hell because you want to receive that seed. I'm like. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I receive. Amen. <laughs> Do you know, I, hadn't, I had never seen that method before. <laughs> I've seen a lot of things. I had never seen that one. And, and I'm thinking to myself, that's not really what that verse means. <laughs> because I, I love doctrine and I love to read the word of God. And I knew that he was using the scripture from Romans chapter 12. That we've all been given a measure of faith. But I knew that, that was kind of like out of context. Bless the Lord, it was out of context. <laughs> and inside of me, I like order and I like rules and I like context and I like all those things and I like pure doctrine, sound. And I was glad I was standing a few feet back <laughs> because I wasn't sure how Buddy was going to respond. Buddy starts to cry. Buddy gets saved. I'm like, come on now. What is this? I have not seen this before. I hadn't seen it after. What he believed mattered. He wasn't what you would call thoroughly educated with degrees and all of that. But what he believed about the Bible was effective. He believed that that unsaved person had been given a measure of faith inside of them that when they heard the gospel would connect with it and they would get saved. And that's, and he just, there was no place inside of that man that he thought any different. The one talking. He just believed it would work. 
did. Can you grasp that? What he believed came to pass. I know, it's a funny story, but it's a very true story, and I was glad I saw it with my eyes. Now, some other people said, oh, uh, that's what he does. I'm like, huh. And I knew he had led many people to the Lord, and they attended church afterwards. Like we were saying yesterday, it wasn't, it wasn't catch and release. It was catch and get in the boat. <laughs> some people try to clean their fish before they catch them, and that's not effective, neither. Here, let me stick the knife in and try and correct all the areas where I think you're wrong, and let's not talk about that and have a perfectly sound theological discussion with someone who doesn't even know Jesus. And then they wonder, why, that, that's not working. It's not working. That'd be why. Now, I've kind of been on a thing about shedding the mouths of lions, so let's turn there. <laughs> so we want to learn about seed faith today. Everybody goes, oh, she's going to talk about money. No, she's not. My, 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 but it's terrible that we react that way. Oh, we're going to talk about seed faith. She's going to receive a really big offering at the end when she's done. Sure, if you want to. <laughs> I'm good for that. <laughs> Come on, we got to get past those things. Praise the Lord. You know, praise God. He blesses. Do you want to talk about some wonderful things? I know people have had some rough times. I, I'm not putting down that. But those who believers who stand on the word of God are continuing to prosper. Amen. Even more than before. Some people have received wages, increase of all kinds of different ways. Our church has continued to progress. We received our camera this week. And we're going to start filming soon. Praise the Lord. It's exciting times. No debt. Our church doesn't have debt. And, and they, they pay their pastor. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and we pay our secretary. And we didn't cut our wages back. We were able to actually increase them. We're doing what God said. And when you do what he said, he prospers you. If you're not prospering, we'll go talk to Anne. <laughs> she will. Praise the Lord, there's lots of people in here with wonderful testimonies. Did you find Hebrews chapter 11? Yeah, we've, we've kind of gone there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33. Who through faith subdued kingdoms? Who through faith? If we don't understand the very principle of seed faith, the rest of it just doesn't make any sense. So who through faith subdued kingdoms, and we've been doing that, and then worked righteousness. I want everybody to say this morning, worked righteousness. A few... Messages ago, I talked about owning the territory of righteousness. And I think that that's a, a really important area. We often get very lazy regarding righteousness. So what do I mean by that? Something comes in and you have a bad thought about yourself. You think, mm, I'm just, you know, a worm on the dunghill of life. Maybe not that extreme, but just not quite good enough. You go to step forward and think, well, I can't really pray for them. I'm not feeling well myself. Unless I'm manifesting complete healing in every single cell of my body, I cannot pray for anybody else because it depends on you. <laughs> what does it look like to work righteousness? It means that when something unrighteous shows up in your head where it shouldn't be in the first place, 
because I know all those people, oh, the battlegrounds of mine. What is the devil doing in your head, crossing the bloodline of your helmet of salvation? I don't know. I don't have an explanation for that, except you let in the door. Well, here, come on in. There's space for rent. That's the only way he gets in your head, folks. You let him in. What about casting down imaginations every high thing? If it's coming against your righteousness, who you are, who your identity is, you got to throw it down. And don't wait till like five hours later. You know, in that five hours, you're going to be thinking more and meditating about the crazy thought, and then you wonder why it's taken captive. You have you instead of you taking captive of it. Come on. Hmm? Come on. Praise the Lord. Come on. Let's grab those things. Don't let them... What did I say this week? Don't, when they come to camp out in your thought life, don't let them set up tent or, you know, ban them from your sight. Uh, there's a place. You don't want to let crazy thoughts in there, but it's up to you. It's up to you. And don't, you know, man, I understand. And, and I have a, a big part of my heart. I don't like how men are treated. I don't like what's going on in the media. I don't like what happens in church. I don't like the put down of men. It is so wrong. It is so wrong. And, and I, just because I'm a woman doesn't make me a feminist. Because I'm strong doesn't make me a lesbian. Come on. This world's gone mad. And we're not going to listen to those voices. We're going to listen to the voice of the Holy Ghost. Men need to be men, and we like their strength. I don't want to be a man. I've got nothing to do with that. Like, be men. When we're preaching the word, it's the word of God, though, and that doesn't have either or. And that's where they don't, they don't know how to understand that. So then we have Christians trying to explain how there's no like male nor female in the Bible to people who have no idea who Jesus is. Let's settle things. Let's settle things. Let's get the seed in the right ground and the right order. Amen. We got to get the seed of Jesus in the ground first. And then we'll talk about those other things. But that's not the case today. All of you have Jesus seed inside of you. Amen. So when thoughts come in, and they're not God. You don't phone the pastors. That's right. And that's up to you. What does it mean to take every thought captive? That's what wrought righteousness. Who through faith subdued kingdoms wrought, wrought or worked righteousness. You're going to work it. You're going to get all, this is who I am. The word of God says, I am the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Back off. Get out of my head. You're not allowed to talk to me. I'm not listening. Hmm? I didn't feel like it today. Well, because righteousness is based on feelings. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Go ahead and get your own robes back on and, you know, scrape them out of the dirt, wipe them off, and try to put on that old robe you wore before Jesus. It's got holes and it smells bad. Good morning, everybody. Welcome home, Pastor. <laughs> in Proverbs 13, 6, it says, Righteousness keeps him that is upright in the way. Wickedness overthrows a sinner. So your righteousness will hold you, but you've got to work it. That's your territory. That's where you have to take ownership of it. That's where you say, this is mine. It belongs to me. It belongs to me. Imagine if someone tried to take your wedding ring off, Pastor. Oh, look at his face. Oh, come here for just a second. You needed to see that face. <laughs> One more time for the cameras there. I said, imagine if someone tried to take your wedding ring. <laughs> 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 
but it's okay. You can trample all over my righteousness because really I didn't deserve it. So the problem really is a faith problem. What you believe matters. What you believe matters. Now, it's good your neighbor believes, and I'm good with that. But at the end of the day, it's what you believe. You're going to stand alone before God. And what are you going to say? Well, I'm so glad I slid under the door. This minimalist <laughs> mentality. Oh, just enough to get me underneath it so I can get into heaven. It's okay. I don't need any more, God. I've got more than enough. Mm. And minimalism slides into every part of our Christianity. It's okay. I went to church once last month. I went to, I read one verse today. Well, I don't know about you, but the older I get, I, I need more. One little chapter doesn't do me well. I need to eat. And I, I'm not being spoon-fed by every pastor or minister out there that's on the Internet. I enjoy listening to other ministers. I do. But that's spoon-feeding. Come on. You want to grow up? Get your own Bible. Start reading. Get your own prayer closet. Start praying. Start feeding yourself. Start feeding yourself. Don't wait for someone to grab the spoon and shove it in your mouth. Here, this is good for you. I'm shoving it in this morning, but for a reason. <laughs> we want to understand. <laughs> Open wide. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> I used to do the choo-choo with my kids when they were small. Come on. You know, I had one, like, real picky eater. Bless the Lord. <laughs> I spoke a lot, but then I realized some point I was saying, you know, Constance, Constance, you're like a tap driven. <laughs> And, and no one's ever felt that about their children, right? How is it that they've got more consistency than we do? And you're like, they're way pat, you know. And I like how they, they excel in the most annoying sound with the least amount of effort. They seem to earn a badge in that one. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us all. And so... So we go forward, and, and it's time that we picked it up and, and got a hold of the word of God for ourselves. It's up to you to cast down imaginations. It's up to you to take them captive. It's your head. It's attached to your body. So is your mouth. We'd like to get them all working together. Amen? So when we talk about seed faith, we understand that there's a great, great seed that needs to come in our life. In Mark chapter 4, we can go there because that will help us all. We'll see how it's so wonderful. We've talked about it from so many different angles, but you'll see that it really wasn't about money, although money is certainly a function and it works the same way. I have planted lots of seeds in my garden through the many years. We've had big gardens, small gardens, some gardens that didn't do so well because of the soil. Mm -mm -mm. Some needed more manure than others. <laughs> But once the seed went in the ground, we never called it, you know, carrot seed anymore. We called it carrots. Yeah. Never call, I never, once the seed went in the ground, we never referred to it as seed anymore. Never. We called it what we expected to grow. Right? So if you're looking for faith to grow in your life, put the seed of the word in there, and you'll find out the seed of the word is Jesus, Right? All right, so we're in Mark chapter 4. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but we're having fun. Amen? Amen? 
says in verse 3, hearken, that means, hello, are you listening? Behold. So we got two, stop and look, and like, listen up, folks. There went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. So he's talking about sowing seed, some fell, and we know how the story goes, and it's good, and it's good. And he says in verse 11, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, and unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. So if you're a believer, you can get this. You can get this. God doesn't have to talk to you in pictures, although it still helps. It still helps. That seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they be converted and their sins be forgiven. Watch verse 13. Know ye not this parable? How then will you know all parables? So we understand that there's a principle of seed at work. If you're going to subdue kingdoms and work righteousness and stop the crazy mouths that are yelling all the time, all the things that are against the covenant promises of God, the lions, if we're going to stop them, we have to understand how to get faith working on a different level. And if it was, we'd see a harvest of it. So we know we can all grow in this area. Right? We have to admit first that we need our faith level increased. Everybody got so quiet. <laughs> Sometimes it's the hardest thing for people as believers, don't say I don't have faith. Well, you didn't, otherwise things would be different. And, and I don't get mad when I am doing something in the kitchen and I'm missing an ingredient. My husband doesn't get mad when he was working on, on engines if he was missing a tool. What did he do? He went and got the tool. You went and got the ingredients. You get what's missing. Don't get mad when you're trying to operate in something if you don't have faith. Just get faith. It's not that hard. Well, you've been given a measure, but we certainly don't know how to use it or haven't given it permission or haven't known how to develop or grow it. We've heard a lot of things about growing and growing seed and things like that, but this is where feeding yourself and getting the word in will help it come to pass. So we don't just get the seed of the word in there and then confess it a whole bunch of like 50,000 times during the day to help it work. However... There is a part of that that isn't bad. There was a, a doctor, and he was in Ontario, and he was, he was a doctor, a phys uh, physical doctor, not, not doctor of theology. He was a doctor doctor. And his wife was expecting, and they went in, and they called them in, and they said, I'm going to show you, and you're a physician, I'm going to show you what's on the scene. And it wasn't good. That baby did not have a connection between the brain and, and it wasn't developing properly. And they were, you know, and he says, look, I'll see it, but my wife, she won't cope with this. We're just going to go together. And at that time, they were moving from Ontario to Kelowna. He'd already signed up for a hospital in Kelowna General. And because I, at the time I was in the medical field myself and working for doctors, I kind of had a little bit of the inside story as well. So this doctor moved to Kelowna and never told a soul about what he had seen on that exam. But every day, he had some scriptures that the Lord brought up. And so he would sit with his wife, and he would recall those scriptures. You see, he needed faith for that miracle. It wasn't just about speaking the word. Some people think, well, if I just confess the word a lot. But he was 
working at developing the seed of faith inside of him. So it wasn't an empty confession. He was believing for faith to grow in his life and to develop it. So he began to confess it. So in the morning, he'd get up and he'd just go over those scriptures and over those scriptures. And at lunchtime, he would go over the scriptures. And at supper, he'd go over them. And at night, he'd gather with his wife and he'd pray those scriptures and lay hands on her, her tummy. When, and they never told, so when the baby was born, it was absolutely, totally perfect. And then he brought out his copy of the, <laughs> the ultrasound showed that there, this baby should not, ha A, have lived, but B, been ever uh, anything but completely handicapped. His faith grew and he received his miracle. He fed himself. He fed himself. The seed of the word needs nurturing. You don't just leave it alone. Well, that's it. I prayed once. <laughs> Well, that's good. I'm glad you did. What are you watering that seed with? Are you watering it with worship and thanksgiving? That's one way of watering it. Thank you, Lord, for this word that's gone in my heart. You can say this to God. I didn't really understand it. I'm not sure I really even get it. God, I'm not sure I even have faith about that word. You can talk to him like that. But that's the place of watering where you can say, and, but I'm going to keep looking at that word. I'm going to keep meditating on that word. I'm going to keep reading that word. And, and, and Lord, let it come alive in my life. Let it be flourishing. Let my understanding come in line. Let there come a place where I can agree with this word. And that's how you grow part of your faith, right? So you accept First of all, the seed when Jesus when about the cross, right? You got born again. You accepted that seed. Jesus is the greatest seed that was ever sown. And he was promised that in Genesis chapter 3 and 15, right? The seed that was going to come from the woman. He was set as a seed. But we often don't think of, we say, oh, well, the word is seed. Well, Jesus is the word made flesh. So he's the seed. And it's so wonderful then when you think about Isaiah chapter 55, right? And where it says that, that the, he'll provide seed for the sower. God the Father was the greatest sower ever. And he's expecting a great harvest of the seed Jesus he put in the ground. And not just a whole bunch of souls that will go into heaven. Not just barely getting by. Not just with enough for a ticket in. Not just enough for the door to get open. That was never God's plan. God sowed his only son. God the Father sowed his only son, expecting a harvest of victorious, fulfilled, promise-living believers that he could have a relationship with. Amen. Gives a whole new flavor to that. So there it was. This is the sower, Isaiah 55. He said, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall accomplish that which I sent it to do. Hallelujah. It shall accomplish it. It shall accomplish it. So when you think about it, wait a minute. I am part of that harvest. God is expecting me to come to a victorious type of lifestyle that he can have a relationship with. That was his expectation. So that when he sowed Jesus into the earth, he is expecting back a people. Who would walk with him. Wow. Now think. He said. So he said the sower will provide seed for the sower. And what else? Bread. And bread. Who is the bread of life? Amen. 
So he's not just the seed that can make everything begin. He's also the bread that will give all the promises. The bread is for living daily. It's the manna of God of which we, we thrive on, which we live daily, which is fresh and new, just like the manna. In, the, in John chapter 6, it says, we don't have the manna from before. We have the manna of today, which is fresh, new, and alive on a daily basis. Don't you need a new thing from God every day? You see, it's great. I could share miracles that have taken place. We have miracles in our midst. We could talk about all the great testimonies, and they're very faith-building. They are, and they're powerful, and they will help us. But when someone needs a miracle today, I need today's manna. I need the bread of heaven manifested. I need it. When I talked in the beginning of the service and I said, what is the cause? The cause is for us to come to the place where we're so convicted with the passion of God's promise that we'll push aside the things of yesterday and lay hold of today's manna that we may be privileged to minister to some. What a great vision. Has it got a hold of your heart? What's ringing in there? The gifts are being stirred at this very time. There's a stirring by Holy Ghost. There's a move by the Holy Ghost to stir us into action. But not against the devil. With the things of God that he wants accomplished. There's a stirring to do in our midst. There's a stirring to go in our midst. And it's time we had an unashamed and bold response to it. Hallelujah. I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> I find that some people are still stuck, as they were singing this morning, about letting go of their past. You see, every time I hear the word journey, and some people are embracing that, and if you know me and been around me long enough, you know it's not one of my favorite words. Life is a journey. No. No, it's not. Journey makes me think wilderness, and wilderness is before the cross. If you're embracing a wilderness lifestyle, you're embracing something before Jesus. Do you want to just like throw away everything Jesus did on the cross and live in the wilderness? That's up to you. But I'd rather live on this side. My path isn't crooked. It's only crooked when I disobey. In all of God's moving on our hearts, we've forgotten some of his greatest words. When the seed of God comes alive in our hearts, there's these wonderful words. He doesn't go around like with a big megaphone, although sometimes I think it would help. <laughs> and sometimes I want it to. <laughs> Hello, are you listening? <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, that's who we are, right? We would like to do that just a couple times with a few sort of people. <laughs> but he goes like this, follow me. Hmm. Follow me. Interesting call. Well, I'm waiting for the call of God. He said, follow me. He said, go. Mm, what are you waiting for? We don't like the word follow. Follow means what? Trust. It involves trust. It means I'm going to have to go someone's way. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're not really sure if it's okay or not. How much do you trust Jesus to lead you in his way? See, follow means... It has nothing to do with me. Mm. Painful. 
but follow does that. We're going this way. Well, so many people in this world have disappointed me. Well, okay, but that's not Jesus. Well, they talked about Jesus. Well, that's nice, but it wasn't Jesus. Well, they said that they love God. Yeah, I love God. I've made mistakes. Have you? I don't go around with a big finger pointing them out and other people because I'm sure there'd be three pointing back or four if I include my thumb. <laughs> people make mistakes. Folks, you've all made a mistake. Hello. When we get hung up on the whole righteousness thing, well, I'm not righteous. That's right. You're not. <laughs> you're not, but he is. And he lives in us, right? That's right. And he is, and that's what I take. Amen? So when we're talking about following, we're talking about a deeper trust level that allows the seed that God's put in our heart to come alive. We don't call it seed anymore, except that no seed really comes alive unless there's death. And you apparently heard about that last week. And if you want to hear it again, I highly recommend it. <laughs> we don't like to talk about things dying, but except a seed of corn going to the ground and die, it doesn't bear any fruit. If you're stuck in the place where you're not bearing yet, there's probably something still screaming that doesn't want to die. There was a time we, were, we wanted to grow garlic, and it was in our other house, and and, and garlic takes about two years before you actually get a harvest, which seemed like a long time at that point. But some other things take much longer. And, and so uh, we had this baby garlic section in our backyard. And uh, Barry's like, He's gonna, I'm going to dig it up. I said, don't. He's like, I'm going to do it. I, I, I don't know if it's growing. Well, don't dig it. You'll kill it. <laughs> and then we're having this episode. And it was right beside the, the rhubarb. And the rhubarb was flourishing because there was a water runoff down that side of our house. And so we had this massive, massive hedge of rhubarb, and, which we fed the neighborhood with and anybody at church who would take some. And, and then the, there were zucchinis, enough for to feed a village. <laughs> I was like, that's it. I'm not growing any. If I see another zucchini. We had one that was about so big, and he dried it and painted it gold. And because we always had extras around our table, and we had all of our children, extra people, and it would go in the middle of the table. You could not speak unless you had the golden zucchini in front of you. <laughs> it was the way we kept order around a crazy table. We like to feed people. I have a need to feed, you know, in many aspects. In our life. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we always had extras. And, so, and we'd explain to them about the golden zucchini. And so <laughs> if you had that, you could talk. Otherwise, you had to wait your turn. And uh, so, we, so we, were, we knew a lot about growing things, but this whole garlic thing, we weren't sure it was happening. Sure enough, we eventually dug some up, and yes, they were growing, but now they were dead. And, uh, you know, accidentally killing the baby roots. And that's sometimes what happens when there's great pressure. We look with our eyes and our natural eyes. We say, that doesn't look like that person's growing, and we want to fix it. want to get in there and meddle with it. And often what we see with our natural eyes and when we're focused on our natural eyes, well, to me, that doesn't look like God. To me, this. To me, that. And we start looking with our natural eyes. When we look with our natural eyes, we'll blind us from spiritual vision. The Holy Spirit may have a completely different way of doing things, but we're so blinded by what we see in the natural. God wants those things to change. He wants us to come to a place where we'll follow. And he says, you know what? I can't see what's down there. I don't know what he's going to do with your life. Sometimes he tells me a little bit. But it's up to you to find out. And it's not complicated. And he probably isn't going to use a megaphone. But he'll probably come like a follow me this way. 
I don't know why people keep going to dead churches. I don't know why. Sometimes obligation. My friends are there. Are they dying too? If you go to a place where they're not preaching the word and they're preaching things that are, uh, and, and, and everybody's sick, I, I, I think one of the greatest hurts to me as a pastor is I watched, I watched this, this family go through torment with their child. And they reached out for prayer. She had a brain tumor. She was six years old. We prayed for her. And, that, you know, uh, she was going to a church, but it was not a church that preached healing. They were preaching, well, you know, it might be a journey that God's called you to walk. And so she was getting sicker and sicker and barfing, and she was hospitalized, and chemo wasn't working, radiation wasn't working. And so then they called us. Well, you're her friends. So we went and prayed for her. God did a miracle, and that, that specific tumor disappeared. But they went back to crazy church. And were fed with doubt and unbelief for the next three months. And after that, baby died. Broke my heart. Truth. I, I was horrified. So when people say, oh, it's okay. You know, I'm just working out. I'm where God said to be. If you come out and the harvest of heaven is not flowing in your life, get out. I never would have said anything like that before, but it's come to a point where we've got to draw the line. We've got to draw the line. If it's not feeding you and you're not growing, get out. Get out. I know those are strong words, but I can't watch anybody else die when they didn't need to. I can't. There is a passion inside of me for truth, and it should be in every one of us. That doesn't mean we won't make mistakes. But let's find the word of God and feed us the real and live for it and believe for it. And this atmosphere and its craziness where it shut the mouths of men, they're going to rise up. I'm going to see men serving God with their mouths, declaring the word of God boldly like God intended them to be. And they're going to move in God. They're going to be strong in God. And nothing's going to hold back his promises in this city. Amen. 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 We're not going to get under that thing. They're going to have to deal with this thing. Hallelujah. We're going to follow. We're going to follow. Amen. Already the world thinks we're offensive. We may as well live up to it. <laughs> Amen. We know it's really defensive strategies when we're trying to counterbalance every move the devil makes. There was a time earlier on, and, and I was learning about spiritual warfare, and it was like, we got in this whole binding and loosing thing. I don't know if anybody ever, I was like, oh, we bound this, we better loose that. We loose this, we better bound that. I was like, so complicated, but I like statistics, so I was pretty good at it. It was like, yin yang, I'm balancing everything, but yin yang's not God. And we talked about that. <laughs> and, and, and it was like this balancing act, and I wasn't that great. I, didn't, I knew inside it wasn't right, but something in me sounded, well, it was Christian, sounded good. Lots of things sound good, but that's a defensive strategy. Yeah. We're not here to react to the devil. No. We're here to believe our territory, live our territory, work our territory, and love it. Yeah. <laughs> and push past it. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's not that I don't believe there are devils out there. They are. They just have to cope with us differently. Amen. I'm the peer. I'm making the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm going to live God's kind of normal, and the rest of it can just change. Amen? Amen? Amen. Not taking a minimal road. 
One of the other ways is, is they use the devil's schemes to determine direction. What does that look like? Well, this must be God. Look how much resistance we've got. Really? <laughs> they end up in a very bad place. <laughs> you know, this is, and I was like, well, I got resistance. What do you think the world's got? We don't determine God's call by resistance measure. That's not the measurement. Oh, here I'm going to measure, you know, and what are we doing measuring calls in the first place? What in the world is that about? Well, I've got a big call, I've got a little call, I've got a medium call, I've got a... What is that? <laughs> Hello, you have a call, go. Yeah. <laughs> We're so busy trying to figure it all out that we've forgotten that there's just stuff we could do. <laughs> Follow. Follow. Go. Share the testimony of your heart with passion and reality from the real things God did. From the real things God did. Aren't you happy? Aren't you joyful? Isn't that enough to get someone's attention? Especially right now, people are pretty sad and fearful. So when you come in, you're bold, and you're happy, and you're glad, and joy is flowing everywhere, they're going to go, there's something different about you. Maybe I like it, maybe I don't. But at least they have a choice. <laughs> don't be gray. God's not gray, amen. <laughs> He's like white and hot. And <laughs> so we don't determine God's direction by scheme. Oh, there's a big fight there. Must be the way to go. Mm-mm. Just don't go pick a fight. Although sometimes I admit there are places where I'd like to pick one. You know, I was reading one of Dr. Semrall's books and he was talking about Haiti. And that's an, there are some special things going on there. And he didn't go there unless God said, even Lester Summerall. And he, he knew how to deal with devils. And he did not go unless God said. And God said, you know, there's an end to it that's right. Was there resistance? Yes, but it wasn't measured by that. Oh, this must be God. It's a big fight. Well, maybe it's a shut door you're trying to kick, and God tried to help you. And they're like, there's no help for this, man. They're going to just, they're better send some angels, you know, because it's going to be bad and we'll heal him when he's finished doing it himself. <laughs> Not a lesson I'm sharing about today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We measure his goodness by saying it is endless. And, and when God's in it, 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 there's always a wonderful, blessed harvest. It doesn't mean there was never a scrum on the way. <laughs> and sometimes there is. But it's not because of it. God says go, and then you know what to do. When you decide to go based on the devil's scheme, you'll have to get his help once you mess up. And it'll start with, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we don't do that and we don't measure our future by the pushback either amen you know I, I understand we're to live like I said the, the daily manna seed faith that place where that we accept the seed it gets in our heart 
and then it bursts open where you spend time with that word and, and you get a hold of a scripture. I, I've done this in different ways, but I've taken a few scriptures that have to deal with my current situation or what I've been praying about. And I take it and then I, I go in prayer about it. I think about it. I meditate on it. And, and until it breaks open in my heart, there's a place where, where things have to come alive and, and, and they don't come alive until they're broken. Where finally your head just kind of comes in line with your spirit man. Because your spirit man, that's where Jesus is. It agrees with the word. It's your head that's in trouble. So when you shut the door, so important to shut off the other voices. So important. You shut them off. By the, shut your mouth. I'm not listening. I am not listening. I'm not guided by the words of this world. They're not going to be good for me. They're wanting me to comply with all kinds of insanity. No surprise. God said it'd be bad when he returned. And this isn't bad yet. It's not. We're not walking when Jesus walked on the earth. I, I, I know this sounds really funny, but I mean, think about all the wonderful things you have in your home. Many, some of you have air conditioning. We have air conditioning in our and I, I, I've often said, God, I bless that person who invented that. Yeah. And, and there are places where, in North America, we have wonderful um, piping systems, toilets, <laughs> all those things. <laughs> Honestly, having traveled overseas, I am grateful for whoever invented those things and how they work here in North America. Very grateful. Amen. Very, very grateful. <laughs> Little things like that. <laughs> we are blessed in so many ways. We have clothes of all kinds of different ways, and we can wear all kinds of colors, and, and, and we just have such an abundance, such an abundance. And, and it's not everywhere. And we have abundance available, and we can meet. No one is killing us for meeting. Some people don't like us, but that, some people have always not liked you. <laughs> right? The funny, here's, I'll tell you something else. Unsaved people don't always like everybody else. They don't even like it. They have fights with their friends. They don't always get along. Frankly, they don't get along much. Are you surprised? My word, the world has not got it figured out. It doesn't really matter what the weather does. We'll survive that. We can put up an umbrella if we need to. Different clothes, different shoes. We have availabilities. <laughs> I mean, we get so locked in. It's so bad. No, no, it's not. It's not that bad. We're not going to react defensively. We're going to hear the clear sound of a living God for a living purpose in this time. And we're going to live bold and we're going to live strong and we're going to have fun with it. When we follow, it, it just is a demonstration to Jesus that we trust him. It's a demonstration. How are we going to follow? What's it going to look like? Well, what did Jesus do? <laughs> Don't get a bracelet. You can if you want to. Uh, uh, you know, those people, what would Jesus do? I, there's a few people I'd just like to cut that off their wrists. So, you know. <laughs> Although some people, you know, it's really big right now to wear big crosses. So I, I, you know, I saw some young person with a big cross and big, big thing, big, big. Oh, I said, are you a believer? Praise the Lord. I see your big cross. And they're like, 
Oh, man. And then God's, you know, the Holy Ghost goes, put your toys away. You know? <laughs> There's a time. <laughs> and, and, and not everything is a door. <laughs> that one was rather shut, but it was, it was fun. <laughs> I did enjoy myself. <laughs> That wasn't following, but I followed when I closed my mouth. There's a place where we have to close our mouth when he says close it. And, and it's not that big, like I said, it's not the big echo thing. Sometimes they're gentle. Go this way. Don't, don't go that way today. Don't, don't do that. And be quick to repent. My word. If you'll hear it privately, you may never have to do it publicly. I've had to repent publicly. Do it privately. Amen? I, I keep your heart soft. That's what following the Lord. You know, he, he's, not, he's not unkind. He's kind to people. And even if you don't have a lot of money, if you're in a drive through and God says, pay for the one behind you, don't ask how much before you pay for it at the cashier. Just do it. Amen? You know, that panic moment when you feel that like little voice that says, you should pay for that car behind you. And you think, what if they're feeding an army? <laughs> but you have this seed of righteousness inside of you. Amen. And the seed of faith. What you believe matters. And there's a seed that you need and I need to water on a daily basis. Because today... Someone might need you to pray for them so that they'd receive their miracle. Someone might need you to share the gospel from your real experience today. You may need that. And you've got to water that seed. You've got to water that faith so it can grow and develop the way God wants it to. And one of the other ways, so we meditate on it, we think about it, we Talk about it with others. Talk about the word God's put in your heart. Don't keep it to yourself. What specific verse? I find that one of the greatest things we ever do is sharing what God put on our heart. Don't keep it silent. Don't just let it for the world. Share it with a believer. And that's a trusted place. Because when you can share it with someone in a way they can understand what you're thinking, it'll be much easier with someone who doesn't. Amen? Sometimes we've got this thing and it's big on the inside and we get this big thing and it feels so big. Anybody ever been there? You feel like you've got a hold of the scripture. It's so big and you say it to somebody and it's like it felt like it hit the floor. It's like, I don't know what happened there, but it went blah. It felt so big inside, Jesus. And you went, Whoop, and it didn't. And they're looking at you like, are you nuts? Then they're polite and they're kind, so they don't say that. They try to smile. And they're trying to, that was, that was something there. <laughs> Work it with them so that it is a way that other people can understand. Maybe it's different language. Maybe it's different words, but work it. The more we talk about it with each other, that's a great way for your faith to grow and develop on the scriptures God's put in your heart. So share it with someone. And I've often found this. When I've shared something and I got better at it, that more came and more understanding. And my, ooh, I see this from a, an even better light. And your faith starts to grow. And then like at the end of Mark chapter 4, 
where he says, now the disciples were with Jesus. He's explained everything. And he says, how are you going to do it if you don't get this? If you don't understand this parable, the rest isn't going to make sense. Because we live and walk by faith. I've given you some faith examples today. At the end, there was a great storm. And I've heard so many crazy things about storms. I'm telling you what. And I, I, the, the scripture's always been there. And they go, and the same thing. Well, we're just going to like hold on through the storm. We're going to believe for an eye in the storm. We're going to believe for this and the storm. Let us just ride the storm. Yeah, exactly, oh my. And all kinds of people trying to ride it out. It's because their faith hasn't grown. Jesus said to them when he was, they're all freaking out. Why you feel like you're asleep? But let's think about that for just a moment before we close. Sometimes when we pray, we feel we're unheard. And that's really the trouble. But you see, what you believe matters. Do you really believe God's sleeping when you're talking to him? But maybe there's a place inside that's just questioning it. I've told you this three times, God. I panicked just a little bit, God. I'm so frustrated, God. Where is my answer? Now we don't say that in church because we're nice. <laughs> How is everything? Blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. And at home, you're fighting depressive thoughts that are driving you into a dark place because you feel like Jesus is sleeping. Eyes up. Get that seed broken through your worship, through your prayer. Get hungry again and pull out all the stuffing that's kept you satisfied that wasn't God. You'll never feel hungry when you fill yourself up with all kind of good things that aren't God things. It's stuffing. Now, I like stuffing and turkey, but I don't want stuffing in my life. I want to be clear. I want to hear God, and I don't want anything disturbing my hunger for his word. And all those other things. Well, what about this? And what about this? What about this? Those are stuffings. You know, God will tell you. God will tell you. Faith will grow. And so that you'll come to the place where when the storm comes in or there's particulates in the air, you go, they're falling down. They don't bug me. I got to drop. I will live and not die, and I'm not going to be affected by it. My lungs are going to be just fine. Thank you. Amen. Speak to the storm. Speak to the crazy voice that's troubling you. Speak to that lion and tell him to shut his mouth. Amen. Jesus is awake. He's listening. He's listening, and if you've been angry with him, he'll get over. He's trying to help you. He's not going to take offense with you. He's going to help you get up and go and live. I said so many times, it is our time. And we are so very grateful. Now, I'm going to pray about the gifts of God because that's been stifled so much. And this morning, I want you to just be aware 
of those things that have tried to stop. So many things have. But be assured, God hears you. Jesus hears you. He is not sleeping. Even if it feels that way, it is not the truth. It's not the truth. Some of you have powerful gifts that really want to come alive in this time. And, and you've been feeling kind of held back and stifled, or where do I go, or how does this work, or all of those things. And sometimes the words of others. And, and I, I've kicked over some sacred cows today, I know that. But there's things that need to awaken again. Some of you are kind of half awake, and that's good. Just get all the way awake. You don't need caffeine. You need Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Although caffeine is fun. <laughs> and it might taste good. I want to pray for the gifts to come alive in you today. That you never feel ashamed. One of the greatest things that I think happened at the beginning of the church in the book of Acts was when there was great turmoil and there was threat of jail that they came together. They gathered. They said, this is what's happening. No one denied it. We're not denying it. We're not saying there is no virus. It's a virus and there will be others. There'll be other plagues. That's Bible. No surprise. No surprise. But we're not going to be held down and we're not going to go down and we're going home when it's our time and not before. Men. So we're not surprised. We're not shocked. We're not troubled. But we will rise up. So they came together in Acts chapter 4. They said what was going on. And then what did they pray? Oh God, fill us with boldness that we might, what? Speak your word. Speak your word. That we might speak your word. He has words to speak. He has things to say. And Father, I thank you. I thank you that there is a mighty stirring. A mighty stirring in your people. I thank you for Holy Ghost gifts being loosed. I thank you they're released to speak the things that you would have them speak in this time. For the decree of the Lord to be strong and mighty in our midst. I thank you for it. Oh, gifts of God, rise up in your people. Rise up and be free. Rise up and be loosed in the name of Jesus. That you will say and do what he's told you to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.